WP Tonic, episode 63. Today's show is being sponsored by Share the Oils. Thank you, Share the Oils, for your support in the WordPress community of Greater Reno, Nevada. Welcome to the monthly special where WP Tonic and Timelines join forces together. That's Timelines of Success, of course. Join forces together, and we're going to talk all about WordPress and the business of WordPress. Today, we're going to interview Andy Adams. Coming to us from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. His company is Certainly Software, and we're going to talk all about speed. Got some speed? I need some more speed. My words. Andy, Andy, is that what we're going to talk about? No? Jonathan? That's not it, no. No. What kind of speed are we talking about? WordPress speed. Oh, WordPress speed. Oh, okay. Well, Andy, tell us, Jonathan's going to be talking tech. I'm going to be asking business questions, but tell us how you got to where you are today in Coeur d'Alene in a few minutes and what you do. Sure. So I started off in college studying computer engineering with the dreams of making microprocessors for Intel. And um, I basically was like barely skating by dunce of the class, not putting in the time and effort that I needed to. And uh, so I took the first job that I could get after college because I was getting married and like all of a sudden reality slapped me in the face and you know, I got to get a real job here. So I took the first thing that I could which was a web development job. And um, where'd you go to school? Where'd you grow up? I went to school in San Luis Obispo, California. Nice. nice. I grew up in Sacramento. Oh, in Sac. Yeah. Yeah. Central Valley, close to us. Yeah. Yeah. Not too far. From Reno. Um, and so you, anyway, you went to school. What, what was your first job? First job was with the uh, Universally Reviled Experts Exchange, if you know that site. They're the, they're the site that maybe like, Five or six years ago, they would appear in Google search results when you search for like technical topics, and then you'd click through, and they would prompt you to pay to get the answer, and they would hide it down on the page that way. Oh, uh, I love it. So they they're kind of languishing right now because of the rise of Stack Overflow and other you know free sites, but um, they still kind of have a, a strong base with you know the, uh, like Cisco tech questions and stuff like that, enterprisey stuff. So that was my first job working with them. And then uh, found out my first baby was on the way. And we had all of a sudden dawned on us that we were five hours from the nearest family member. And so it was kind of a toss up. Like, do we move back to Sacramento or move up to northern Idaho, where we had never really been? Um, because that's where my parents had moved to and just decided to try something new. Coeur Lane can like uh, grow on you, can't you? Can it's a beautiful area. It is, and I mean, I think over half the people up here nowadays are from California transplants. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And the the, the Idahoans uh, hate it, but yeah. uh, you know, I kind of consider myself an Idahoan now, and I kind of you know rant against the Californians moving up here, but it's uh, it, it's fine. It's beautiful. So and back in the old days, we were associated with the same company. We just found that out. That's right. My first job was with Chief Architect Software, which and I, my design build company was way ahead of its time. And we used Chief and we had I had a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment systems and we used Chief to do quick floor plans on two O and we put it over into AutoCAD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that we finished you know, we in front of clients we designed real quickly the floor plans. That was the only thing out there you could do that. Right. Now it's very robust. Yeah, and they're just best of the best in class yes. software for what they do, and it, it was a good experience being there because they just they wouldn't cheapen stuff. They they keep everything in house, so that was a good. It wasn't a good role for me. I kind of got um, anxious to leave because it what wasn't, were you doing there? I was a webmaster, but you older guys back then too. And it was I was with you know <laughs> a good team, and everyone was really friendly and smart. It's just like it was updating websites all the time, and I was you know I at that time I was this fiery programmer to the core, and I just had to like you know code stuff up my own way. So it, it didn't go well from that perspective, but I still love that company. Very good. And so from there, I moved on to um, the most fateful company that I ever worked for uh, was the theme foundry, they sell premium WordPress themes. Mm-hmm. And again, they, I think that they're best in class as far as quality, just seeing from behind the scenes, how they operate and how much, how meticulous they are in everything they do. And that, um, that gave me a couple of breakthroughs. First was uh, remote working was possible. First ever remote job. 
And the only reason I applied to it was because they were based in Idaho at the time. I would never have applied had they been based anywhere else. And then uh, WordPress, of course, like seeing, opening my eyes to this incredible world of the WordPress community and just how much opportunity is there, how much activity is there. It's, it was totally... What, just, what year was that? That would have been 2011 and 12-ish. Okay, okay, good. And then after that, um, after about a year and a half there, I decided to go stake it out on my own for a, a lot of those same fiery reasons. Like just, just, I don't know. I was a know-it-all to be completely honest. I just thought like I could do everything <laughs> myself and uh, it's worked out well for me. Cause I still, I've, I've mellowed out a lot since then, but I'm still a know-it-all sometimes. Well, well Jonathan's going to start talking to you about tech, but I'm going to go back in at the end. I'm going to ask you what your challenges were when you started. Cause it's awful start hard to go off on your own, isn't it? And we'll talk about that later. But Jonathan, why don't you get into some tech? Because we want to figure out how to get our websites really cracking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. But really, it's a perfect comp combination, really, Bill, because Andy's written a lot on his blog about being a freelancer and about, you know, giving general advice about what a more experienced freelancer probably knows, but somebody starting off doesn't know, Andy, haven't you? You've written quite a bit about that and mm -hmm. you've written quite a bit about speed haven't you and we're talking about wordpress speed here aren't we andy mm -hmm. yeah. so andy you know what you know of the kind of four or five things you know i don't know many how many sites now you've worked on uh, when it's come to speed issues but you probably worked on quite a few and you've done a bit of work for me haven't you um <laughs> so what are the kind of four or five main kind of areas that you've come across that really affects WordPress when it comes to speed? They are pretty basic, actually. Most sites can cover the basics, just do the basics of uh, speed improvement, and they'll get 95% of the benefits. I always am hoping that I get a site that, you know, is more than that and that they have some database issues or some sort of slow queries or, you know, code that's choking. But most of the time it comes down to concatenation and minification of uh, your assets. So JavaScript and CSS, it comes down to finding that one slow plugin that is querying, you know, its home website, every request to the site. Um, there, there's, finding excessively slow database queries. And you can do that with like Query Monitor or some of the other debugging plugins. Um, image reduction is like basically optimizing images. Some sites are okay, but some of them are really bad offenders of this. And a lot of sites are offenders in that they, the design, especially like with responsive designs, they'll put images in that are like at the maximum scale that they could ever be. And you really only need one that's half that size or, you know, so, and it, that particularly applies to mobile sites. You don't want to be sending them the full width images if you can avoid it. Are there any, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but is that particular, there's a particular plugin, isn't there? Um, For image optimization? With responsive imaging, isn't there? It's quite popular. What did you just say? Image, opti image optimization? Yeah, image compression basically. Like, yeah, so, what do you think of that plugin? I haven't used it myself, but I was I mean to have a look at it. What's your thoughts about that? Responsive images are still in like a experimental stage, and the mm. only I, I honestly haven't tested it that much because my only tests were like insane amounts of setup. So, like for the average WordPress site, you're not gonna want to do it for those like limited browsers that can support it. And even then it's like, how much extra effort is it? Just shrink your images down to the minimum. What's the largest you would go on a post or a blog DPI across and, and down at 72 DPI? Well, it all depends on but what's the width, the pixels of at 72. Well, it's not so much the width. It's more like the width is however wide the column is at its widest, right? That, yeah. that doesn't matter as much as, when image uh, programs save files, they don't always save them in the smallest footprint that they can. And sometimes it can be significant. Um, if you've ever opened up Photoshop and done the save for web 
yeah. with functionality. If you play with the different file types there, you can sometimes take an image and shrink it by like 90% depending on the, the um, type. And so when you're talking about like full width hero images and things like that, you'll, you can get some big savings and on, you know, image heavy themes, you'll end up saving a whole bunch of uh, download time. So if I, yeah. one, one last question, I'll stop because if I go up on to using Apple, if I just go up, open the, the picture up and I say, reduce the size to let's say 300 uh, deep, 300, Pixels across, 300 down by 72. You're probably leaving some space really? on the table. Yeah. So I could go up onto Adobe Edition or Illustrator huh? or Photoshop. Photoshop, or you can use, there's automatic services. Uh, there's one that I haven't tried it personally yet, but I know people who do called Short Pixel that just as images are uploaded to your site, it will just compress them automatically. Because it's, ba- it's basically like you can run a little program and it automatically just finds the gaps that it can shrink down. Yeah, I, I need to. Um, I've used it on other people's, but I haven't used it on mine. I need to do that. Yeah, but I, I think I think the image side image side question is a consequence that people um, tend to have very fast connections, cable broadband connections, and they get kind of, especially if they're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. They get kind of misled. They almost forget that the majority of people are going to watch this on a 3G, 4G connection on their mobile device, don't they, Andy? And it, they kind of, they get kind of, I'm trying to, I'm struggling for the right word, but they get kind of misled by their own e- development environment, don't they? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's just, that's the root of all performance problems. If If every developer built a WordPress site, looking through a 3G connection, it would probably look a lot differently. But I'm guilty of that too. When it came to the site you've recently helped me with, I I don't think it's a particularly unusual. You said you probably discuss a couple of kind of semi-unusual things, but the history of the site that you helped me with is I don't think is that particularly unusual. Um, It's had me working on it. It's had a couple of previous developers work on it. And it's got a um, a hardcore PHP developer that's helping me at the present moment. So it's had it's been ongoing process for over a year and a half, Andy. Mm-hmm. It's had various plugins installed, uninstalled, various pages constructed, deconstructed. It's had CSS libraries introduced, excluded. Um, so in the end, it became a bit of a jumble, and I got I need to get on with the marketing and get some clients. <laughs> and my developer is offshore; he's really fantastic, but I don't want to have to spend like three weeks trying to explain what I need to be done. So I called you up, I called <laughs> Mister Speed up to help me out. So what I've just outlined, this hodgepodge of development over a year and a half, is that particularly unusual? Is that like, normally comes with the territory, Andy, when you oh, that's when Mr. Absolutely. Speed is called in? That's absolutely the scenario that you deal with because if a, you know, a new site is being built and it's slow, it will get addressed at that time, you know, but it's usually the years of building up. And you talked about things being added and removed, but it's usually just added in forever part of your website at that point, because it gets hard to, you know, you start getting dependent on things and then you remove it and then something breaks. So you get, yeah, I mean, that's very common. And I've seen sites with like a hundred plus plugins installed, all adding their own files to it. And unfortunately, WordPress doesn't have like a, super easy built-in way because it's a really hard problem. All of these different developers are adding their, they have their plugins and they're coding them their own way. And there's no way, there's not really, I guess WordPress could do better on the standards, but um, people don't follow them anyway. They're there, people don't follow them. And so there's no like surefire way to do it. And you end up trying to solve these basic performance problems and things break. Well, they could, they, if they wanted to, and I, I put, I was at San Francisco at the San Francisco WordCamp mm-hmm. uh, over a year ago. It seems like a decade, but and I actually put a question to Matt uh, when he was taking a question um, session at the end of his presentation, end of year presentation, and I said, "Why don't you know 
why can't you introduce in wordpress.org a kind of five star you know on the you know have a subsection for paid plugins and you know formulate some star rating you know some like little star that it meets you know and it's not in fault but if you want that kind of emblem that kind of stamp of approval uh-huh. it's got to meet certain criteria and he you know obviously he didn't he didn't say totally no because he's very diplomatic yeah but it, it's not something that they really want to go down and I, I think i understand but i think it you know um i think it's something they could they have done it on the theme side haven't they they're big they you know they've become quite strict about theme standards when they're introduced into the actual theme library of wordpress.org haven't they yeah and the problem that it introduces without having like a, a formal place to do paid plugins is that i'll end up with on client sites that have these plugins from like who's this developer like where did you get this you know it's like dot com.ru, you know, like Russian, you know, plugins and stuff like that. And you end up with people buying stuff from anywhere that they can find it, the first place that they can find it. Yeah, that's um, crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a bit like the image side, isn't it, Andy? You know, you should, you learn, it'd be great if you could learn without the mistakes but um, the image, the plugin situation is a bit like the image situation. It's so tempting if you want a bit of functionality and you come across, and it might not be from somebody you really know. And you think, oh, I'll blow it. I'm still going to put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe you, that's another thing. You really do need a staging site, don't you? And try it on that yeah. and see what happens a bit. But it's not so everyone tempting. everyone can budget for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, that's not a staging site, actually, Bill. You can, that's say, your you can build it off-site. That's to help up. you build on your local, Bill. Um, yeah, yeah, sh- it's like a staging site. So you can stage it and throw it up and pull it down. I, I should mention, I've been, like, I was critical of, you know, the, the process, but realistically, the average person couldn't get a Joomla or Drupal site set up and fast either, you know? So it's like, I couldn't do it the first time I tried, so... I mean, you know, for all of the difficulties that it is, there are to finding good plugins, at least there are plugins that people can try and install. So, how do you find a good plugin? I don't know. <laughs> you have to like. You have to read, know. Read. I just I go with people that I know who have like written basically, yeah. you know, names in the in the community because it's hard. Let, let me inject well, a business question real fast, Jonathan. Just hold a second. We'll go back. Now here's a business point for the business people out there. I run into, I'm sort of the interface between business and the WordPress. And I run into time and time again, people can't even control their domains. They don't know what they're getting. So they really need a consultant, whether a DYI or an agency, they need a consultant to help them getting going the right direction to learn. I was going to ask you, this is the question. Are your primarily clients DIY small businesses who are doing their own WordPress sites, or are you backing up agencies and working for them? Mm, um, it's been mainly DIY, like or you know, real small companies with their WordPress sites. I gave up the agency game um, a little while ago, uh, late last year. Just I was, I decided, you know what, it's time to cut out the middleman and just do it myself. And if I can't do that, then I'll take a regular job. Well, Jonathan is more than, you know, Jonathan is is more expanded than that. He's, he's got his SaaS products and he's pretty, you know. So yeah, but. Um, that's for in between. This, yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, this, this talk about the site that you helped me with. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, it was a jumble of a lot of jQuery, a lot of JavaScript libraries being called in the header that, that I I know that, you know, but it's. It's working out the ones that you can move into the footer and the ones that you can't. And I just couldn't face it because, you know, it takes, you know, um, and then you've got a lot of different CSS and it's not been compressed, is it? That mm-hmm. effect. And you helped with that. Um, is that, is that the, J, the JavaScript calls 
you know, or you know, there seems to be a lot of discussion about that, and that does seem to be an area that does slow down a lot of sites. Am I right about that, Andy? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because if you've ever been to a site where you visit it and it like your browser tells you it's loading, but it's just white screen, um, like one of the new sites that I read, they must have recently added a, a external JavaScript that takes a really long time to load, and so. I visit the page and it's like spinning, spinning and waiting. And it's basically waiting for those JavaScript files to load up because they're blocking execution because the the browser has to know what's in this file because it might be telling me to redirect or it might be adding more HTML to the page. So it has to wait unless if it's explicitly told otherwise to load it up. So that's why moving them all down to the end of the site is advantageous because then the site visually renders and people can start you know, scrolling through and reading stuff uh, before the uh, JavaScript comes into play. And then it can load after everything's already readable and you have your user engaged, basically. What about, um, what? why do, because obviously WordPress has its own information, a jQuery, um, but you still get a few plugins that call in external, external jQuery libraries. Is, is there any particular, is it, is it they don't know they don't know enough about WordPress, or is there a particular reason why people still do that? Well, I would say ninety five percent of the time they don't know what's up with WordPress, and they don't even realize that you can you can add it uh, through the normal um, WP and Q script uh, function. And then maybe there's like five percent of cases where they needed some specific version of jQuery. And which is, it's not going to work anyway. That's like super brittle and just going to break everything. Um, so yeah, they probably just don't know. Right. Um, what about fonts? Because, you know, everybody loves, you know, you can, you know, uh, I've got, you know, I had some graphic design and I know even if you can use funky fonts and there's a lot more choice when it comes to fonts now, yeah. uh, you don't want more than three type of fonts on a page. Oh yeah. Um, but, you know, they can call in these Google fonts. They can call for various font um, um, shops. Um, do all these external calls for fonts and that, do they slow down a bit or? Yeah, absolutely. You can. Really? Oh, yeah. Google fonts, huh? Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the, the weight of an individual Google font, they can get into the hundreds of kilobytes for a single font. And especially once you load up, like, all of the styles for a particular font and they do get really heavy. And um, I'm actually ashamed because I can't recall right now how a browser processes a font. Like I think they're in this state of flux right now with whether they will render text before the font has loaded or not, or if they'll wait for the font font being loaded. I actually don't even know the current state of that. Um, it's it's like it's hotly debated on CSS tricks if you've ever you know read an article on that. But um, the the fonts, what happens is various plugins again they don't know what each what each other are doing, so they'll queue up their own fonts, just thinking, oh, this is a teensy one, and you know it's not going to affect anything. And then you get into icon fonts too, which a lot of sites will use three icons and end up. It loading up 400 of them in their font. Well, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, it's the in thing, isn't it, Andy? You know, use these icon fonts, but look, you just said they, <laughs> the only thing is a lot of these plugins and that they're calling in the whole library, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, for development purposes, to make it to speed up the building of your site, it makes sense to just drop the whole thing in there because who knows, you might want to swap this one out for the other one. But when it comes to the performance, you probably should trim it down to what you're using. Which so on this site you've helped me with was I? Is it guilty of all that we've just discussed? Oh, a little bit, but I mean, your site seen, wasn't a major offender or anything. I wouldn't, you know. You've seen a lot worse. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you're, you know, you're encountering the problems that come with. WordPress essentially with piecemeal building a site over time, installing plugins, you just end up with a big group of things that don't necessarily play well together and definitely don't perform well together because they, they just are going to do their own thing. 
What about the um, database calling? Because, you know, obviously we've got some, um, we've got about four, three to four plugins that my PHP hardcore programmers developed for me. Mm. Um, but I don't think when we were having our discussion um, that you you thought the database was a particular problem with my site. But in, I think you said in general you haven't, you thought it was going to be more, you're going to get more of that, but it's been more of the kind of normal stuff. So what calls, you know, so it's not really a major problem that the WordPress database normally when you're called in. Not for like your typical static marketing site. The Anything that gets cached isn't going to hit the database anyway. Uh, so that's typically not a problem. Where, where you hit issues with that, are on dynamic sites like e-commerce sites that have to keep track of a user session or on uh, membership sites where people are logged in and they might have, you know, like a status uh, marker to show how far along they've progressed in a course. And I did encounter that one time, uh, a database issue with um, one of my favorite problems, which is N plus one queries, where basically there's hundreds of queries unnecessarily being done on a page when they could do, could have been done in one query. Um, so you do encounter that on occasion, but most people who are interested in performance are interested in it because it's costing them money, right? And it's costing them money because usually it's on like the sales, marketing, pricing, signup pages of their site, which are usually just a static page. And so the, well, that's when, where... When you give it a sale money, Andy, and they have to wait to use the function. We're not so worried, but it's, when, they, when they're going to give us the money, that's what... Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. We're all the same. Uh, um, so basically, I don't know if you, you want to name any names or I don't know how you're going to respond to this, but are there any, you know, when you go to the site and you see certain plugins... You just think, oh, yeah. <laughs> we already know what the problem is, pretty sure. Is there, there's a certain group of plugins that you know, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, usually it's the ones that you don't know that you're, you're worried about. I mean, there's a lot of infringers in like the um, – the, I've seen a lot of infringers in social media-based plugins that – they do a lot of like querying of, of various services and behind the scenes, like I, I mentioned earlier, I've seen them where like every request or maybe every 10 requests, they're sending out uh, a ping to their home server or to like Facebook and trying to get information, which sometimes that's fast and sometimes it takes 10 seconds and it spins. So it ends up, you end up having these really erratic performance problems. Hey, we have, we have a, a question from the live audience and thanks for uh, tuning in folks. A uh, quick question is, uh, what do you guys know about render blocking? Well, <laughs> render blocking is... I can Google it for me. <laughs> it's Render blocking is extremely costly uh, if you're trying to engage people and keep people on your site because what that means is Java. certain files, JavaScript particularly, like we talked about, will render a white screen for somebody. And as we all know, people have like three second attention spans before they're hitting their back button and going somewhere else. And I don't even know if people realize it's loading because I know because I'm working in it every day, but a lot of people probably don't even know. So you're uh, render blocking uh, JavaScript and CSS basically prevent people from seeing your site and like reading it and that costs money usually. So this is Andy's first blab, right? This is your first blab? Yeah. Oh, we broke your cherry on this one. Great. I love blab. So you can watch um, the questions on the right side as they come in too. And, oh, and, and I just want to thank the uh, WP trainer for uh, throwing in that question. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so the other factor, you know, you, you got your plugin, that's in the WordPress repertory. And then you've got a lot of commercial themes that partially in the repertory, but you've got a lot of plugins that are only like on theme forest, aren't they? They just sell. Um, I'm always a little bit, unless they've got a track records on the, on the, re, on the WordPress repertory, plus they're selling. I'm always a little bit due for just dealing with somebody that's just on theme forest. <laughs> because you know, um, 
do you think I'm right to have that little bit? Because, um, or what have you found about when you're dealing with plugins just that come from Theme Forest? Have you have problems, or you know, is it just Wild West and you just got to do what? Yeah, I think it generally is Wild West. They're doing, they're trying to make strides with it, but like Envato, the company behind Theme Forest, is really. I, I think that they're trying earnestly, but what they have is they've had a wild west for quite a while. And it's like, how, what are you going to do? Tell all these people that they can't sell because they don't meet some quality standards. So I'm with you. I don't know. It's I, when I feel like I well, should news for you. Andy. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. But I mean, maybe, but like if I wanted to sell a plugin, I don't have any marketplace to go to other if, unless if it's like a woo themes extension, right? So, or an easy digital downloads extension. So when I go to buy a premium plugin and I'm a WordPress developer, I'm in the same boat as you are. Like I, I don't generally buy from theme forest because I was offended that they made me buy credits before, you know, like buy 20 credits to buy a $15 theme. So now I have five credits and I have to spend them. Right. It's, it's just, that kind of irked me, but just in general, I don't know where to go. I hope to well, find. I think it just occurred to me like, you know, you got you like um, Pippin Williams digital downloads, and you got some other like Gravity Forms. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some, you know, people have kind of built extra little I call them micro plugins, mm-hmm. which they sell through digital downloads or Gravity, or they built a reputation. Um, I think maybe that's a good idea because you're kind of you're like a flea on the back of a camel, aren't you? But also, if it's well, you know, if the parent plugin is well coded and they're not going to push somebody's uh, micro plugin unless they checked it over because they don't want to have to deal with the, the support tickets do they so right. maybe that's a, a little model for somebody um those have cropped up like genesis is a good example of yeah, that. yeah i was going to ask you about genesis i use genesis yeah, I haven't really so, used them, but they have that whole marketplace thing going and like they could coexist without WordPress. If WordPress disappeared as a piece of software, you know, publicly tomorrow, they would still keep going because they have their everything they need. And they're about six percent of all WordPress sites supposedly use Genesis. So um I was I was in two minds to bring this up because of my the wizard, my co host. But I mean that you brought it up, Andy. So what what is your feelings when it comes to actual coding of the Genesis framework? And have you done any work with it? And what your what's your general observations if you got any about that particular framework? I don't have enough experience with it to be completely honest. Cause like, like I said, it's this little like bubble and I haven't taken the time to get inside and, and work on that stuff. So I've seen it a little bit and it seems easy to use and well coded. I know that the, um, I've met some of the guys, um, Brian Gardner and I, the, I'm blanking on the developer's name, the main developer. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah. I don't know. But he, they're both very kind. Brian, Brian Clark. Didn't Brian Clark own? He's one of the it's like the copy blogger side of it. I think I yeah. I don't know yeah. the whole history. Rainmaker. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think they were joint owners, joint equity, actually, Andy. Yeah. And of course, you being on the Howdy Howdy old uh, Carrie Deals, so aren't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's, that that's a good show. She recommended you to me, actually. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, um, so, um, so on my site. Was there any unusual things you came across that you had to deal with? Uh, nothing particularly unusual. I did. I hit. Um, I hope you weren't looking at it while I was working on it because at one point, like the CSS disappeared and it was just the whole, it was like a HTML vomit uh, on the screen. And it was, I was getting a little <laughs> bit nervous because. <laughs> I it's crazy. I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be a WordPress developer, but that's how tricky it can get trying to untangle these various plugins. And it was just an, an error with one plugin or uh, one style sheet that was making the whole thing die. So um, I, I recently did a video uh, that basically walks through how to do CSS and JavaScript concatenation and minification yourself. But like, I know people are going to be 
posting comments on that right away. Like, oh no, my site just got destroyed by this. It's kind of tricky. So I Where hit do we that. Find that video? Uh, it's on YouTube. I haven't really promoted it yet. I just put it together last week. Um, I can yeah, put that link out. Absolutely. Well, we, you know, we didn't have a prop. You know, we're going to have a test site, a staging site, and you know, yeah. um, I think um, I'm not sure about now. Let's get let's go into another area, hosting, because we had this discussion, didn't we? And I kind of moved from SiteGround to a kind of second secondary level host that was recommended by some developer friends in the UK. And their support's been okay, but I really know nothing about them. And I, they certainly don't specialize in WordPress. And they made that totally clear when I set up with them. And I moved from SiteGround because I've had a relationship with SiteGround for quite a while and they're fine. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the hosting I had, they did me a special deal and the price was really going to rock it up. <laughs> and they they want to they want to be paid everything up front. And I was looking at a virtual private server arrangement anyway. Um, and they were quite expensive if you wanted a virtual private server. Um, so I moved, and I might, you know, it's, it was a bit traumatic because they did everybody <laughs> did their best, but I didn't handle it very well. But. Um, you you're pretty big on um, Dreamhost, aren't you? You like their setup, their reseller account. What do you think of these specialized WordPress resellers? You know, some people say that a lot of them have been overwhelmed and they've got bandwidth problems. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's yeah. give us some what your feelings about all this? Dreamhost isn't a reseller. They they are, do their manage their own hosting, their own servers, and everything like that. These other I don't know actually what the back end is for some of these other kind of niche um, managed WordPress hosting things are. A lot of them are making it up as they go, I think. Yeah. Um, there are a few established players that really have it figured out. But Who, who are the established players? Uh, Pagely, WP Engine, DreamHost. Yeah. Okay. DreamHost, DreamPress, their, their managed WordPress hosting is – far and away the best deal on the market right now because you could uh, the, the WP engine comparable plans um well pricey I'll, they are pricey and I I'll just say I've put high traffic clients on Dreampress no trouble at all handles massive spikes in traffic so they have an incredible deal there I I can't even I don't even understand why they're pricing it so low it's crazy they're leaving money on the table yeah because WP Engine, you know, great people, got nothing against them, and, you know, it's capitalism. But, you know, they have built a fantastic brand name, and I think you pay for it, don't mm -hmm. you? But I've got to say their support's pretty good. Mm -hmm. But you are paying for the brand in the name. You know, when you say to a client, we're going to put it on WP Engine, they love it. Mm -hmm. But they, you're paying for it, aren't you? You are. Well, you're paying for, I think, primarily the staging server too. That yeah. whole functionality is like... I it don't is know, nice, like, isn't it? It is sweet, though, isn't it? It is. It makes... Because uh, earlier, the uh, the WP trainer asked, why not do changes on dev versus live? And that's really what it gets down to, is that if you're not a developer, you don't have a development machine to do you know tests on. And even if you are a developer, sometimes the budgets for projects don't merit setting up a whole development environment for a particular site. And that was the case in this particular one. That's why I was destroying Jonathan's CSS on his live site because it, he had me for a half day. And by the time that I pulled everything down from his site, I would have been two hours into it, you know, and it wouldn't have gotten anything done. So I just kind of went it's with not, cowboy it, coding it, way. Yeah, I knew you were going to do it. And I um, only, you know, now deal, I knew the realities, Andy, and, um, I would only allow you to do that because I, I, I checked you out and I got a good vibe about you. Your, everything you do is very professional. Your attitude's very professional. Um, and I just got a really good vibe about you after we had our initial discussion. And uh, obviously, I'm not total for I checked you out really good. And it's obvious you're a very experienced developer. So I thought, you know, as long as you got, we got some backups, you know, it'll work out. And it's not... Um, I've I've kind of muffed around a lot with this site. We've added additional functionality, and um, I have got 
some users, paying users, and I've got a group of beta testers, but I've not exactly been pushing it. My big push starts next week, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to get a, a real animal about pushing um, this site and yeah. trying to make some bloody money because I've been poncing around for the past six months. But time really goes quick, doesn't it, Andy? Um, time just slips away. Um, That's an so basically, you know, everything you come across is really the norm, isn't it? it? You know, WordPress is fantastic. You can develop something really rapidly. You know, what would have taken hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even a few years ago, you can achieve with WordPress. But there, there's a price to pay for all the benefits of WordPress, isn't there, Andy? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that broad statement? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think so. I mean, you the the benefits of WordPress are really in the plugin repository and the theme repository and the um the extensive amount of existing code out there and the kind of the open source uh community that's grown up around it that where everything is like provided, all the information is provided freely. And then the downside of that is that the openness has led to, you know, um a little bit of a wild west on certain things and it it leads to people building Franken sites where they just patch everything on together and they, uh, and it works like, so they say, and, but it's impossible to fix if something. Doesn't yeah, I think, um, because, you know, also WP engine have their great staging site ground had a staging, but it was no, it was really, really rough compared <laughs> to WP engine. I don't know what – does DreamHost provide a staging environment? They don't. Sorry? They don't. They don't. Um, because, it, you know, you can have two sites, but if they're not, you know, one stage in one life, but if they're not on the same server configuration, I'm not sure if it's worth bothering. Um, yeah. We tend just to make a, a test site underneath the main, you know, the main site, and we've got to set that up. But – I might be moving anyway. It's just I've got to get this show over and kind of got a couple other things before I go back to that. Mm. There's only so much bandwidth. And it it did turn into an ongoing nightmare getting the site moved, but I think I didn't do it in the best way. I think if I did, I'd call you back in. (laughs) Um, um, But we'll see. Um, so, Bill, do you want to ask um, Andy some of your business? Like, yeah, let's let's finish up with uh, success principles, and then we'll open up for a few minutes of questions and tell people how they can contact you. For success principles, as Jonathan runs out, you must uh, see. Now we can talk about Jonathan. He's off the line. So, what do you want to say? <laughs> Nothing. He was really. We were down at WordPress uh, camp in LA this last week, and he was really tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he might not come back. He's working his tail off. No, he's. He's got so much going. His SaaS product has got like six different elements to it. Uh huh. Six different. And the client, he really needs. I'm around. I was a real estate broker for 20 some odd years. Uh, that's a side job because design, build, construction, and military. It's hard to explain. I did a lot <laughs> of stuff. I've, I had a design, build, construction company. I bought a real estate company. And so, you know, I just, I, I'm not a practicing broker, but it makes sense. I mean, it kind of, you know, yeah. one segues into the other. We, we took over uh, in it. It worked. Mm-hmm. We had built two subdivisions. But that said, um, it's a lot. Jonathan's doing a lot of stuff. I yeah. mean, he's busy than heck. I know, it's I hard to run, run hard to run a business by yourself. Now you guys are all solopreneurs. And what I've learned is you've got to, well, he's, he's using you, which is really nice. You got to contract out some stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to do it. And mm-hmm. that's what that niche you're providing. It's really good oversight. And if you really want your top clients, your top sites, you got to go to somebody like you. So that right. said, let's talk about your success principles. Now I know you gave me four. So what I'd like you to do, you've got them written down there. Mm-hmm is can you just go through them and just read them once and we'll talk about them? Sure. One, two, three. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, First thing is speaking in terms that clients understand. The second thing was aligning my interests with the client, with my clients. And kind of along that same line, the third part was making friends with my clients. And finally, the stabilizer that has really um, pushed me along this whole time is my family supporting a family and uh, the stability, or I guess the requirement to put food into mouths is uh, it really helps to motivator. 
Yeah, it helps me to not disappear because I can't. Like, it's just impossible. Right. Well, I, I really like those. Everything is, those are, three of those are different. And it's the first time I've heard somebody talk purely about the client. So if you could explain, like, speaking in terms of the client and understanding. And Jonathan, you can throw in some ideas here, too. Sure. If, I, I don't know if you've ever had long conversations with programmers, um, but I've had many. And I used to think that they were really cool, like, when we talked over the heads of the marketing people. And at my, my, one of my first jobs, it was, like, marketing versus engineering, and they're idiots. Yeah. And ever since going solo, I've realized that like the key to growing a consultancy is, well, one of the keys is to not talk over the heads and be able to identify the signals that you are talking over the heads, like the awkward silences after you finish sentences and stuff like that. And realizing that you just, you don't have, you don't even have to talk about technical details. Most clients don't care about WordPress at all. So That's like, so true. don't mention it in your first conversation with them. You know, like what version of PHP are you running? It doesn't matter because they don't even know what that means. Right. So, but it's, and I, I feel like this is self-evident, but so many programmers I've been on joint calls on uh, like on uh, client work where there are su other subcontractors and these guys come in with like technical jargon right off the bat. And it's like, I don't know. I'm socially awkward, really socially awkward and shy. And if I'm having to like negotiate a social situation and like pull people out of it and help people understand, that's a bad sign. So I've realized. Oh, really I'm important. surprised you say that, Andy. I, I get a really good professional feel. You know, when I'm talking to you, you, you're down to earth. You get to the point, but you're respectful, very professional. The, you gave me a little video of the stuff you were doing. You know, you did it on time. We had a bit of a back and forth. You were flexible. I'm a little bit never... of a different person when it comes to client work. Like at yeah. dinner parties or, you know, five-year-old birthday parties, I'm at my worst. I'm... Oh, right. <laughs> They're so, terrible. So that's five-year-old uh, Yeah. And Jonathan has to deal with real estate agents, and that's so true what you said. Um, you've got to be really simplistic with your client. you got to match your client. And I – I sort of, one of my side jobs is I meet up with these businesses who don't even know how to control their domain. So, yeah, but they, they don't have the patience. I, th I think you have to have a basic understanding somehow. There needs to be some education if you're going to be in this business or even have a good website. It's a balance bill, you know, um, like what Andy says, you, there is quite a group of developers that I feel it's a power trip. Um, they use a certain level of language and they're a bit, they're a bit on a power trip. Um, but on the other hand, um, as our owner, um, you, if you're going to make business from an online website, um, if you're, you know, your objective is to make income from your online activities, either, you know, and that will come from a brochure site, e-commerce, membership, SaaS, you know, if you're gonna, your plans are to make money from it. It's up to you to learn a certain bit. You know, you don't have to. You know, at least you, language, some of the language. You've got to, you know, like anything you went in, it's your responsibility to know enough so you can be effective in dealing with um, with designers, with developers, with programmers. Right. Just you just learn who the players are. That's a start. Knowing the basics is a little bit of intellectual laziness. Mm -hmm. So it's but, but as a developer, you need at least pro, from the programming point of view and the technical point of view. If you recognize, like you're like, oh, where's your domain hosted? And there, you know, you get a blank stare. Yeah, at good. that point, <laughs> that's your cue to like just say, get, okay, just give me all of the logins that you have, and I'll figure it out. But too many hey, don't, people. Don't try to teach them LastPass or something. I've done that. Oh. LastPass. <laughs> oh. oh my. Yeah. You Very just bad. have to have the emotional intelligence to like say, yeah. just give everything to me and let me handle it because yeah. I can see that I'm not yeah. hammering you with questions. Yeah. I'm going to go anywhere. So no, it's, like, no, it's uh, you're totally right. You know, and if I was given the impression, but I just feel when you get. When you get to a certain level, you do need to educate yourself to a certain level. It's, mm. um, it's a bit like building a house. You can decide that you don't know anything or you just give it a contractor. And if you're dealing with a really open, con you know, honest contractor, you'll be fine. But, you know, knowing a little bit about it, 
probably will be very beneficial in the construction of your house if you knew a little <laughs> bit about what's going on. Yeah. And it's the same with if your sole income is going to be coming from this website or you know, knowing a bit about it. So it's a bit swings and roundabouts, isn't it? But I totally agree with you, Andy. You know, there's no point if you get that kind of rabbit stare in the headlights. <laughs> there's no point in just asking more more questions, is there, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> so number two, aligning interests with the client. So that, it, it kind of flows from the last one in that, a lot of developers get hung up on the technical details. And the, the moments in my short self-employment career that have led to the clients almost trying to hug me if they were, you know, in the room were when I was like, when I was thinking about it and saying, not how do I solve the technical problem that they've given me, but what is the business problem that they have that needs to be solved by this? And let me, let me see if there's some alternative way we could do it. Like, for example, there's a, I have a client who was having trouble keeping his staff members. Um, they're using some software that I built and they're on their phones and they're out in the field. And when he assigns them a job, they didn't have any way of knowing that for sure. And so he, I think the first thing he asked me to do was, can you make it so the website auto refreshes all the time so that they will get, um, get their jobs right away. And my first, my programmer gut instincts were like, okay, well, what are the technical problems with auto refreshing? Like you can't auto refresh when someone's about to push a button because then it will screw things up. So we're going to have to Ajax it in, in the top and make it all, you know, I started doing this technical thing. And then I was like, what if we just send him a text message instead? And he was like, that is brilliant. You know, like he was just so happy with it. And so it was stepping back and seeing, you know, what the problem is, not the technical aspects of it that are the interesting bits for developers, but just, and and I mean, really developers will probably hate me for saying this, but it's about money in any business and trying to dig in and understand what, this particular feature will add to the business or what this particular bug is costing the business is gives you a lot of insight into the problem that you're solving so that you don't waste your time and your client's money building stuff that isn't going to, you know, bear fruit basically. Uh, Make friends. Number three, make friends with your clients. That one goes against common sense, right? Like you, it should be all strictly business, but I, I can't keep it that way. I don't, I like, I just have to be comfortable enough with people to talk personal lives with them, talk family, talk politics, religion, whatever. Like I, I just can't keep that stuff separate for the most part. If I get in a relationship with it, you never talked to me yet. Did you? Not yet, but it's not happening. I don't live very far away from each other. You're in Idaho and we're in uh, Reno. And I come to Sacramento all the time. So, And I do like to have those conversations in person. But I try I try to do things like send uh, Christmas cards and, you know, keep personal touches with people. And I chat with them about stuff because that, – That Christmas card thing is really hot. Yeah. It, it makes I always it, ask people, well, how, how, why do you use me? Who do you find? Or whatever. Was real estate or building a house or even the computer business? And I've had it more than once. Well, we got your – Christmas card. We, we tracked you. Yeah. It makes a difference because most people are so hands off and I just want to get paid and get done with it. That just being friends with people um, works really well for business. And it works back to our last point. It aligns your interests with them because you want your friends to succeed. And so when someone comes to you saying, I, I want a custom plugin developed and I have this much money to spend on it. You can take a step back and say, Hey, do you really need that? Cause you could spend a lot less and you could solve your problem. And cause you're my pal, you know, you're not my, you know, you're not paying my bills strictly. You know, that's not the only purpose you right. serve in my life. I think it's a balance. You know, I, I have a WordPress service company and I was doing a couple of client jobs yesterday. Um, and one of them is a bit insane, um, but he's fine. <laughs> does, with me. does that insane person listen to WP Tonic? He might do, uh, but um, he, we get on great because um, you know when he's called me, um, we've had a bit of back and forth. I've always kind of made it, you know, that 
it's not solely just a job, you know. I, I do realise, hopefully he gets the impression that he knows that um, I do realise that he gets most of his income from this website and it's important for him that it works. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he's always got the impression that I totally understand that and I do. So I know that's why he gets a bit concerned because this is really important. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there are some, not all, but there's there's a small minority where they don't really empathy with their clients that well, do they, Andy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I won't say that I'm good friends with every client that I've ever worked with, but if I'm going to have any kind of longer term relationship with someone, I'll, I'll just stop working for people that end up not being someone I could be friends with. That, that, you know, that, that's important. You know, the, what you said is, you know, when we built custom houses, we learned this trick. You don't want to build something that's going to be a long-term relationship with somebody you don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're really, if you're really, be, I mean, I'm sure that people contract you long term too, and uh, a little bit of that, yeah. And I don't even, I mean, I've been on phone calls, like initial client calls with people who, like, the budget sounded nice for the project, but like they just, we didn't yeah. connect. Like they just, I could tell from the first phone call, it was like this is going to be a really. Every time I pick up the phone to call you, I'm going to be like, oh no, like this is, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. So I just kind of walked away from those ones because it's just not going to work out. Yep. Yep. Very, very true. But uh, you know, it's better to pass over a client and find another one. Yeah. In, in the long run. Yeah. Something because those clients will take forever and it's, that goes into pricing. We didn't really talk about pricing. Well, we found your success principle. Thanks about that. Andy, we only mm-hmm. got a couple more minutes left. Sure. Want to thank, thank the folks out there, the six folks who have been watching the live audience. Yeah, and uh, very good, Jonathan. Very good. Everything's good. And for your first time on Blab, you did a great job. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we um we had a bit of a rocky experience with it yesterday, didn't we, Bill? No, the first time. That's you know, I, I kept that. It was kind of a funny little bit. But yeah, we did a, a WordPress one oh one WordPress LA WordCamp LA wrap up and someone hadn't used it before. That's why oh, I put yeah. that to are you um are you com- are you planning to come to the Sacramento WordCamp in November, Andy? That would be a cool one to go to. I, I really doubt it. They're no, nice. actually, November, this November? No. Yeah. Maybe next oh. year. Yeah, Travel right. is hard. I have, I have three kids. Um, wow. My oldest is five. And so, like, anytime I leave home, it's, like, crazy stress for everybody involved. And, you know, it's just, like, i got to pick my battles with that. Yeah. Yeah, we're probably going to go. Um, got to does, buy my does, does Spokane have a work camp? No, there's not. Nothing really, really going. There's not even a meetup up here. For, well, actually, in Spokane, there is. In Coeur d'Alene, there is. What's not. that, about 30, 40 minutes away? Yeah, 45 to 45. an hour, depending on where it is in Spokane. So just because you, you, I think you mentioned you also do a bit, you know, a bit of Ruby development. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so what led you down? Is it, you know, a mixture of interest and financial reasons? or? Um, or is it that, you know, there's some things you can do in WordPress, but there's some things that got to be done in Ruby? If you're a WordPress developer and you've never tried a, something like Ruby on Rails, you really have to because it will, like, it'll open your eyes to all this magical stuff that exists outside of WordPress. Because WordPress development tools are, um, they're lagging far behind stuff like Ruby on Rails, which has unit testing built in. It has all sorts of crazy tools that you can just install with one line and they just work together. And that, that goes back to our, our, uh, the issue of how plugin developers are all independent entities and each WordPress site is a different mix of those plugins. Um, Ruby on Rails projects are owned by one developer or one development team. So everyone knows everything that's going into it. And so you can do a lot of magical stuff with it. So I got into it because I love the magic and I, it's just, and it solves certain problems that WordPress cannot. WordPress solves content related problems really well, but it doesn't solve other problems very well at all. Like the, uh, the client I was talking about with the uh, meta, with the phones and the staff out in the field, they originally, the way I landed that project was 
a developer built a medical procedure tracking bit of software on WordPress. And it, it was just shoehorned in to the max. And it, I, I mean, the guy was just using what he need, what he knew, but that shouldn't be a WordPress project. You shouldn't be tracking procedures in WordPress or, or if you are going to do it, it's going to take you a really long time. So would you say Ruby and Rails, because, you know, you, especially in the Bay Area, you've got a lot of people have gone to Angular and to the Java, JavaScript um, development <clears throat> library and kind of it, it's become, that's become the hot, that's become yeah. the hot thing. And Ruby on Rails, that was the hot baby a couple of years ago has kind of been pushed aside a little bit. All the kind of I call them the um, I'm trying to find the right word in here. You know, there's the some web technology that becomes really hot, and all the new everybody piles into it. Um, but it doesn't mean that Ruby and Rails isn't still the, one of the most effective. <clears throat> oh, it's absolutely, yeah, you know, it's absolutely most effective, and it works with all technology stacks, and it's stable. Like, there's Meteor is a new hot one, but when you look into Meteor JS. It only works with like MongoDB, which is a really uncommon database setup. So, yeah, Ruby on Rails, it's not the hottest thing, but I believe in the company behind them, Basecamp, they, they just do everything right. And they, so I trust their vision for it. They've gotten it. Yeah, to finish off on the, on the Ruby um, subject, Andy, you know, you did have these gem, you know, when the gem, you had gem one, didn't you? And then it was upgraded to gem two and there was a compatibility, com, compatibility issues with the gems. Mm. Um, I, I know, well, I don't want to give any impression to anybody that I'm a, a Ruby on Rails developer, but I've done some tutorials and I know some of the basics. It does really look Ruby does really look a really um, really attractive language and an attractive language compared to more C based languages, which mm. never looked that attractive to me. Mm. Um, but I've had some people that develop SaaS products in this gem business and the upgrade to gem two really caused them, you know, some aggro. What, what's your feelings around that? That is uh, the kind of the problem that WordPress solves, right? Like you don't have to worry about these dependency management stuff. You don't have to have a developer on staff to build a business site. And Ruby on Rails, that is like managed by a developer. So they should be managing that stuff uh, for you. And the, I mean, I don't update gems on my client sites unless if there's a security problem because it that just was causes... The client, uh, the... Um, he... They, they're friends, and that was one of the reasons why they had to do it because there was security mm. consequences or not. And it did cause a but they, like you say, they didn't have a developer um, on, uh, yeah, as part of their team. They were calling in subcontractor. Um, and that's the strength of WordPress, is, isn't it? So, really, I think it was worthwhile having that discussion because I, I think you can come to the conclusion that whatever, unless you've got enormous amounts of venture capital money behind <laughs> you, um, it's all swings and roundabouts, isn't it, when it comes to the end? Yeah. When it comes to it, Andy, isn't it? There's, everything's got its strengths and everything's got its weaknesses, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Did do what? Well, 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 guys, we've gone over an hour, and my timeliners, the few who are still around listening, are really techie types. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, you finish up. Sorry. Tell us. I mean, that's okay. I mean, this is good. I want a little, once a month, I want a little tech over to timelines, not just all business and hurrah, rah and everything's, you know, dandy and good. Well, yeah. this is the reality of business in 2015 build, you know, business, most of the action is online. And if you want to get online, you're going to have to deal with tech. So yeah, well, it's really have collided, haven't they, Andy? Yep. So it's just the way it is, isn't it, Bill? It is. So, Andy, finish up. A couple more statements. Anything you want to say? You know, what do you want to talk about? Where do you want to go? Someday come back on our show. Um, and uh, tell, tell the listener how they can find you. That's important. We'll have yeah. that in show notes at both Timelines of Success and WPTonic.com. You, you can find me on one of two websites, either andyadams.org or certainlysoftware.com. Um, they'll both get you to the right places. Um, don't follow me on Twitter because I don't do anything there anyways. 
and uh, just email me using the emails on my websites. It's just Andy at certainly com. I will respond to it. Absolutely. We didn't talk a whole lot about social media, did we? No, and I'm not the guy to talk to you about that. <laughs> John is shaking his head. Well, you, That's marketing, you so I got to get the markers on. You, you've utilized blogging as one of your main yeah. social mm. outreach tools, haven't you? Mm. Um, talking about Jane, talking about freelancing and blogging, has that helped you with your business? Jonathan, Jonathan, the show's over. All right. Sorry. It's over. It's bye. Say goodbye, everybody. We can talk. We'll talk about it. And we'll talk offline. You guys can talk a second because I'm going to go put the food. Thank you for listening. For those who listen to the host show, I know our techies listen to the host show. Can we watch it? We get a lot of good response. Andy, I really, truly enjoy you coming online. You live in a beautiful part of the world. When you're down in Reno, we'll take you out to breakfast, give you some speed coffee. Sweet. Sounds good. Enjoy. Jonathan? Thank you, guys. Good night. Well, for those who hung into this whole show, which is a little bit over an hour, I salute you. And remember to check out that offer at podcastershome.com forward slash blab. Until next time, keep on podcasting and do a little code and a little bit of WordPress. And remember your success principles. (laughs) 